0: You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church, Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Good morning, everyone. Um, now I know Pastor Eric is a risk taker. <laughs> He's taken the risk of asking me to share the word this morning. Um... I am truly honored, truly blessed to have this opportunity. As a church, we have been going through the Bible. We have been going through the Bible, the Old Testament. Um, It has been eye-opening. It has been eye-opening when we went through the Bible in the Old Testament. The children of Israel taking territory, moving on to to the promised land. And I thought I would just pick up on some of the things which I understood from um, the children of Israel. What I really liked was Joshua taking Canaan. Um, the book of um, Joshua, says um, the children of Israel were moving from Egypt, from slavery, to the Promised Land. And this move is almost the same as our move as Christians from our unsaved states moving to our Promised Land. and that Joshua had such a responsibility had a great responsibility of taking the children of Israel from and being able to divide the land to the children of Israel so i imagine and i say what kind of responsibility did Joshua have to divide the land to the children of Israel Of all the children of Israel, there were only two who got into the promised land. The others died in the wilderness. They died in the wilderness, Joshua and Caleb. So Joshua had the opportunity of being, one, a slave, an eyewitness of what God did in Egypt. Joshua saw everything. He was a slave. He was a witness of what... um, God did with Moses, all the the plagues which afflicted Egypt, Joshua was there. Joshua saw all of that, and he was the right-hand man of Moses. He was the right-hand of Moses and was walking with Moses, saw all the miracles which Moses did. And then on the journey, they got on the journey to go to, um, to the promised land. The wilderness. Joshua is there. Joshua is there in the wilderness and from the wilderness, he crosses the river Jordan and he got to the promised land. There were only two people who could do that. Moses could not do that. So the promised land which the children of Israel were acquiring was a a promise which Abraham got. There was a promise which God had made for Abraham. Can you go to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1? Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. This is the promise which God made for Abraham. We always talk and say, the blessing of Abraham is mine, isn't it? As Christians, we say, the blessings of Abraham are mine. So, this is the promise which God made to Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. It says, now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, I will bless you, and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in, your, in, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. From this, I say, Abraham's blessing is twofold. There is a personal blessing which Abraham's got. In you. And then there's a a a, a blessing which is Not personal. The personal blessing is in verse 2. I will make you a great nation. This is to Abraham. This is, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. In other words, Abraham is going to be so blessed that he's going to be a blessing to others. Is going to be a blessing to others. So, this is the personal part. Then there is another part, which is in verse 3, which is the worldwide part, which says all the nations will be blessed. All the families of the nation, of the earth, will be blessed through you. So, there is two parts to the blessing of Abraham. And I was saying there must be a similarity between that and our our ours, uh, our blessing also. We say the blessing of Abraham is ours, isn't it? So, I was saying to myself, how is the blessing, what does it look like for a modern-day Christian to occupy the promised land? What does it look like? What does it take? Um... What does it take for the modern-day Christian to occupy? What is it? What does it look like? If you are going to say, I'm taking territory, I am occupying the promised land. Because we say the blessings of Abraham are mine. Um, and I went to Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. It says, be strong and be of good courage. For to these people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to, uh, to their fathers to give to them. And um, what does it take? It takes strength, isn't it? It says, be strong and be of a good courage. For to these people you shall divide. And I was imagining to say, how is he going to divide to these millions of people? as an inheritance to the children of Israel, the land which I've promised to their fathers. So Joshua needed to be strong and he needed to have a lot of courage because I can imagine the the kind of complaints that can come with you dividing a land which one you don't even have, you don't even have this land, but you are supposed to divide. God tells you that I want you to go divide the land um, so, for the children, there was a promised land where they needed to go, a physical, a geographical place to go to, a geographical place to arrive at. The modern day Christian, what, what does he or she get to, what do we get And I, let's go to Joshua 13, uh, Joshua verse 1. Joshua 13, verse 1. So the children of Israel have been in the wilderness for 25 years before they, uh, uh, during the wilderness. The wilderness took about 25 years. Now Joshua was old, advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, you are old and advanced in years. And there remained very much land to be possessed. So after about 25 years, which he has been in the wilderness, he has been moving around with the children of Israel. They have crossed um, the river Jordan. And the Lord still said to them, you are now very old. You know when the Lord says you are old? The Ancient of Days says you are old. If you are old, he says now you are old. And there's still very much land to be possessed. There's still much land to be taken. And um, as I read through these scriptures, I found that God told Joshua to say, I want you to divide the land but they were not even having the land, they had not even occupied this from this passage here he says there's still very much land to be taken, and the Lord said to, to to Joshua, I want you to divide it now, give lots, give now divide the land, and say, Your part is this part, your part is this part, and your part is and they don't even have the land in and I brought it to my Self and I say the modern day Christian we still have much land to occupy we still have a lot of land to occupy and um, a lot of us don't even know what land to occupy the basics is what Jesus has acquired for us what Jesus has acquired for us through the cross what Jesus acquired for us is our promised land and this is the forgiveness of sin the new life which we have in Christ the new nature new nature which we have the freedom from sin this is our promised land as Christians we are to be free from sin the removal of sin nature in us, the forgiveness of our sin, the freedom from the consequences of sin, sickness and disease, poverty, and all these things we say, this is the the basic from just entering into Christianhood. From just becoming a Christian, you are free from sin. The sin nature is taken away. And you are free from the consequences of sin. You are just this is the beginning of it. And remember I said when I started, I said I found that it was in two parts. There was a personal part. There was a part which is your part. And then there is a part which is not so personal. is not necessarily the things which you must acquire for yourself. Because many times we say the promised land, it must be things about me. And I said, for, for, for Abraham, it was twofold. It was himself, yes, you shall be great, your name will be great, and you will be a blessing. And then there was a part which was saying, in you, all the families of the earth, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So God has got a global view although he was taking the children of Israel to the promised land, he was taking them there, but he was hoping that after setting up the nation, after setting up the nation, this nation will influence the other nations around it until it got global. And God still has got that vision where he says, yes, it's personal. You're free from sin. Jesus even said, you know what? Um... Seek ye the kingdom, and all these things will be added unto you. Where now you are sorted, you, you are sorted, don't you worry. All these things will be added unto you. Just seek the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. So the personal part is covered. And um many times we want to stop at the personal part. But for Abraham, it was, yes, you are sorted. Don't you worry about yourself. Let's get to the next phase, the world view. God still has got a world view of saying, how can I get to the families of the earth? How can we get to the families of the earth? Um, so our territory is not just about ourselves. It's about the things which involve the other families of the earth. So God wants to influence the earth, wants to influence the whole world. And he uses the redeemed people to do that. This is what we see in the Great Commission. What we see in Matthew 28, verse 18. Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Keep going. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe things that I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. Um, and I see this same thing in, in the book of Joshua. When they were going to occupy the land, God gave them the land, yes, but he also gave them his presence. He says, you go with me. And I see that in this um great commission, our Lord Jesus does the same thing he says, go into all the territory, go to all the territory um and talks about baptizing people baptizing is amazing is is deeping is f- ev- you, you're dipping underwater so I was saying it's uh, um, Jesus is talking about baptizing the the people, baptizing everyone, what does it look like? And he also says, My presence go, will go with you. I will be with you all the time, all the way. So, going into the world, taking territory, what does it look like to me? Is it we are supposed to build relationships with the world, if you, go, if you are to go into the world, if you are to go into the world and make disciples, how are we going to do that? We need to build relationships with people. And um, the same way as the salt gets to food, Jesus says you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth, and if the salt does not get to the food, you, you, can't, you can't taste the flavor of the food. Somebody says, if the food is not tasting nice, what do I do? I put salt. But if the salt is not, does not have the flavor, what do you do? Jesus says it's not, it's not worth for anything. It's not worth for anything except to be thrown out. Um, so, we are the salt of the earth and this part of affecting the world, the worldview, God's worldview of blessing the world needs those who are redeemed and those who are redeemed are you and me. And those who are redeemed um are the ones who are sent to those who are still outside, to those who are still unredeemed. So, for us to be able to affect the world, we need to build strong relationships with the world. Um, Otherwise, if the salt does not get to the food, the food will not have the flavor. So each one of us has got a flavor which we have been given. We were told that we have got different personalities. We come into this world with different personalities. Each one has got that flavor which you have. Your own flavor has got a way of affecting the lives of other people. And it is said that everyone has got a way of influencing other people. You may not see it, you may not know it, but you are an influencer. What is influencing others? It is basically causing a change. Basically, a causing somebody to change. To, it is influencing. It is governing. It is, it is ability to um, to make others feel your presence make others feel your presence and you cannot do this unless you have managed to build decent relationships decent relationship with the people and then they can test your flavor then they can test what you are all about then they can test what you are all about and you can't do that from a distance you can't do that from from a distance you have to do it from close proximity so building relationships is one of the ways in which you can affect the families of the earth. And sometimes um, we like to be important. (laughs) Someone says it's uh, nice to be important, but it's also important to be nice. It's also important to be nice. And that's how you can get people to to like you. That's how you can get people to get close to you, to be able to listen to you. If you are all arrogant, if you are all holier than thou, then you you will not be able to to have a relationship with people, and you will not be able to affect the lives of other people. So what are you all about? How can we test your flavor? How can we test your saltiness? And your saltiness needs to be there. Your saltiness needs to be felt, needs to be felt by people in our, in our community. This is the world view. So when you get close to people, the other thing which we can do is add value to people. How do we take this territory? If you add value to people, to people's lives, then they will see your value. In other words, if you are generous, if you are able to, to give to people, um, they will be able to see how valuable you are. So let people see how valuable you are to them. And um, so people value you to the degree in which you you show yourself to be valuable. You know, when we talk about um, money, money is just a, a, an exchange of value. It's an exchange of value. The scriptures say, a poor man has got very few friends you know a poor man does not have friends because they have not value to give they don't have much to give so people don't see the value of being close to a poor person because they are always looking for what can they get from you what can they drain from you so people don't see the value of somebody like that but If you are able to give... So a poor person is basically... no It's not somebody who doesn't have money. It's someone who doesn't have value to give to somebody. So we need to be able to generate value which you can be seen, which you can be able to give to other people. And um, so you are only valuable to people. Only based on what you can... How valuable are you? What can people get from you and the scripture says a rich person has got many friends. A rich person has got many friends because there is value which they give. So as salt, we also preserve, we also preserve, we preserve our communities. We preserve, um, you know, like salt preserves, if you were to use a, a example of biltong. Biltong is preserved because of salt. Um, and you don't necessarily see the salt, you see the biltong. So salt preserves other things in their state, and it is not... Celebrated that much itself. So the salt preserves the meat in for a long time, and when we still talk about it, we still talk about the biltong. We don't talk about the salt. So many times, as a Christian, you can give um, you can give mentorship, you can give um, you can disciple someone without necessarily being seen yourself. But they can still see what you are doing, what you are preserving, Pe- and what you are preserving can still be seen, but you are not necessarily on the forefront. You are not necessarily on the forefront. So as Christians, as the redeemed ones, we can redeem other people, we can disciple other people, we can mentor other people, and this, not nas- you, you may not necessarily be seen yourself, but your influence or your input is there. So, as salt, we can preserve the community, we can preserve uh, people around us by just finding somebody where you can mentor somebody you can you can disciple the reason why we don't disciple is we underestimate what we have we underestimate the values which we have, the things which we we know. you think it's not enough, you think it's not enough, but there is one person who will get value from you what you say and um we are always influencing other people with our words, with what we do and with and but we are not proactive in other we don't take the initiative we don't take the initiative of going to somebody and say i want to disciple this person i want to help this person i want to show him i want to mentor this person and i was looking at uh, how jesus himself got his disciples and and i was looking at how did he do it jesus went and says i want you come you come you come and you're going to be my disciple what stops us from doing that ourselves where you say i am going to y- i'm going to you and you and you you follow me i am going to show you a few things which i know and um so we don't do that many times because we underestimate the things which we carry, the things which we carry, and um, it is, the value of our influence is unique to our flavor, your flavor, your way of which you're built, the way you are built, you have a flavor which was God-given, which is going to help somebody. So we must not underestimate we must not underestimate what's in us. Um, there's one example which I was looking in the Bible. I was looking at somebody called Lot, and I said, um, Lot went to a place. Lot just drifted in this life. He was just a drifter. He didn't have much purpose. Um, Abraham says, I'm going. Lord says, I'm following. I'm coming with you. And um, he didn't have much purpose uh, and or strength of character to, to make strong choices or valuable choices. Lord was just drifting. There was a time when you say, okay, but he lost his parents when he was young but he had strong role models around him. There was Abraham and Terah, the grandfather. So you would say he could have seen from these people. But Lot drifted with Abraham, even drifted away from Abraham into another place called Sodom. And Sodom was a bad place. And the bad place did not change. The bad place did not change. Lord got married. We don't know the name of Lord's wife, it's not mentioned. Where he got this wife, we don't know. But Lord got married. A family in Sodom. But the place was was not salted, so to speak. That place was not salted. God came after Sodom, and Sodom was still vile. Sodom was still bad. And Abraham says, no, but you can't destroy Sodom. Because I know a lot is there. lot must be okay. And I am sure he salted a few people around him. I am sure he salted a few people around him, and because I, 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 he's been around me, so, so he must be okay. So when Abraham was negotiating with God, when God said, "I'm going to destroy this place," he says, "Ah, let's say you got 50 people. Will you be okay?" God says, if I got 50 people, I'll be okay. I, w- I, w- I won't destroy the place. He negotiated until they came down to, he go to 10. And Abraham thought, ah, no, I think we are sorted now. Sodom will, so, so will be will. But alas, Sodom had to be destroyed. And I was saying it is because Lot, could not influence the place which he was in. And the blessing of Abraham the blessing of Abraham could not be felt in that place. Although we say the blessing of Abraham is mine. The blessing of Abraham is total. It's personal, yes. But it's got a world view on it also. And we are the ones to take that world view. Jesus had the world view and he was not going to do it himself. He was not going to do it himself. He had you in mind, you and me in mind, that we will take Abraham's blessing to the world. One of the regrets which I said there's a a, a a lot of regret is when you miss opportunities to influence people. And I said yeah, Lot's problem is he knew things, but he underestimated what he knew. And I was saying this could be the problem of the modern day Christian of underestimating your influence, or underestimating what is in you, and not giving it out not giving it out to other people, not giving it out to the people around us. And today, my encouragement, my encouragement is that let the saltiness that is in you, let the saltiness that is in you affect the lives of other people. And because there is, um, there could be missed opportunities, missed opportunities where you, had the chance to affect the lives of others, and you didn't. Um, so your saltiness needs to be felt. Your saltiness needs to um, to be felt in the community. So with these. Few things we say. Um, how do we go and take the territory? How do we go and take? I said build the relationship, relationships, and we said add value. We said add value because we are the salt. We need to be able to. Um, the second component, the worldview, is what I am talking about. Is what I am encouraging us to do. I think with these words, Pastor, <laughs> you've taken too much risk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Amen. Amen. With these few words, we I think we can pray. Uh, let's pray over this word. Um, there is. uh, There's so much to pray about. When you read your Bible, when you read your Bible, you'll always find something to pray about, especially if you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through the Scriptures. If you read it just for intellectual stimulation, you obviously won't be stirred up to pray. But if you're reading your Bible and you're saying, God, speak to me as I read your word, Then he'll speak. So our elder has shared what God has been speaking to him about. You know? So I want us to pray that the Lord will make us experts at building relationships. You see, um, I think it it was two days ago. Yeah, two days ago, just randomly, the Holy Spirit said to me, relationships are like bridges. So, they are, they are bridges that God uses. You want to change it? Battery is fine. Yeah. Battery is fine. Um, relationships are like bridges. So, we need to, we need to um, have bridges for people to cross over into the kingdom. Through our relationships. So for him to now come and start talking about that. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking. is speaking to us. So let's pray for ourselves. That the Lord will help us. To um, be able to build bridges. Bridges that will bring people into the kingdom. Amen. Yeah. So there are some people. You know they are on an island. (laughs) <laughs> They're on an island somewhere, and we are in the kingdom, so they, they, a bridge needs to be built for them to be able to cross over and that bridge is a relationship so let's let's pray for ourselves. Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would that you would build help us to build rela- uh, bridges relational bridges in the name of Jesus bridges that will bring bring people into the kingdom help us oh father to become experts at bridge building bridge building relationships my lord and my god Minda Cassombro du Custecelebrade. Help us to build bridges. Oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Cascone sunda bradicetos. Mighty God. Mighty God, we bless your name, O God, in Jesus' name, Amen. Yeah, so um, I believe that for you to build a bridge, it it requires that's a, a skill. It's it's not not everybody can build a bridge, right? You remember that thing they were building in Santon that collapsed. (laughs) That bridge. Yeah. Why? Because things were not done properly. And some people lost their lives. So for you to build a bridge, you need some skills. There's a kind of wisdom that is required. Some bridges require more skill than other bridges. Correct? Yeah. If if you just take wood and then just, just hit some nails and put it across... Uh, th- yeah th- th- that's different from when you want to build something that massi- masses will pass through or something that vehicles can pass through so it requires more skill so let's ask for more skill to to be able to to um put the necessary bridges for midran to come into the kingdom there are there are there are bridges we need to build for the community to come into the kingdom. And there are skills that are required. We call, we call bridge builders engineers today. Right? The engineers will sit down. They will design it. They will do some calculations. They know the, the weight that this thing can carry they know the material they know the exact amount that should be put and all of that to carry this kind of weight and they can even tell you how long this thing would last for and and all of that so it's 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 all skill let's pray that god will help us that he will skill us to be able to bring in the people Maybe some of your family members are not in the kingdom because there's no bridge. Maybe you're just going there, just shouting at them. When are you going to give your life to Christ? You will die and go to hell. And that might not be what will get them in. So, why don't we just ask God, Lord, I want to be skilled. I want to be a skilled builder. That will build bridges to bring whole communities into the kingdom. Let's pray. Come on. Heavenly Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus. The skills required, mighty God. In the name of Jesus. Lord, my God, the capacity to build the kind of bridges that will bring in multitudes, give us that skill, O God. Enable us, O Father, to develop those skills, the necessary skill sets, my Lord and my God, Mighty God. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Another thing he, he emphasized is value. Adding value. I don't know if you, if you took note of what he said. The poor man... It's not the person without money. The person without value. The person that is unable to add value to other people. So we must be people of value. Hallelujah. So wherever you go, you must add value to people's lives. People must must miss you when you are not there. Because of the value you bring... So, let's pray, Lord, increase my value. You know, the thing, about, the thing is that your value can increase. It's not, it's not uh, predetermined and, you know, static. No, you can increase your value. You can increase the value of anything. You have a house. It's, you buy it at a particular um, value. You pay such, it's It's worth something. You buy it. But, you know, you can increase the value of that house. Correct? You can increase the value of that house. You know, you are employed. um, They they look at you. They assess you. They interview you. They check you. And then they, they determine your value. Right? They employ you and they pay you according to that. But, you know, you can increase your value. You can increase your value to a point where they look and they say, no, you are more valuable than this. So, every one of us can increase our value. So, let us pray that our value will be increased. Lord, help me. I want to increase my value. So that when I, I don't want to be like Lot. That's a great indictment. The Bible actually says that Lot was righteous. He was righteous, but his righteousness didn't spread. So, in other words, he was actually saved, but he kept his salvation to himself, which is common today. Don't disturb anybody. Don't influence anybody. Don't talk to anybody. Just keep it to yourself. It's a personal thing. You know? Is that not what they're preaching to us today? Yeah. So, we need our value to be increased so that we can spread it. The interesting thing about the kingdom is that the more you spread it, the more valuable you are. The more you increase in value. Hallelujah. So let's pray. Come on. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to increase, and our value will be increased. I want to grow, I want to increase in value, I want to increase in my ability. To influence people, I want to increase in my ability to impact lives in the name of Jesus. Yes, to increase, to increase my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God sek hebrondo koskenem inostus likatakoskenem inostusukabaha to add more value yes lord mondas chebradistus we thank you father Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Something else he said is that the value of your influence depends on your flavor. <laughs> Interesting. So each and every one of us has a particular flavor. Your life exudes a particular kind of flavor. Do you know there are some people I don't <laughs> they're not they're not nice? <laughs> Some people you, you're around them. <laughs> when you're around them, they're always talking about other people. They're, they're always gossiping. You, how many people know if somebody gossips to you, they're gonna gossip about you to somebody else. Yeah, it's it's yeah. So anytime they come around you, they're always talking about people. That's not nice. It can it can affect your value. You actually drop your value. So, we don't, want, we don't want to exude the wrong kind of flavor. We don't want our lives to exude the kind of flavor that when you come around, people will say, ah, he's here again. No, you don't want that. <laughs> you don't want that. So, because if, you, if, you, are, if uh, you exude the wrong value, then people will not be influenced by you. People will close up. You know, they will, they will shut themselves. There are some people, I don't even care what they have to say because ah, there is already a a contradiction. Am I correct? Yeah. So, let's pray that there will be no contradiction in our lives. That our lives will emit the right kind of flavor. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's pray. The fragrance of the gospel. The fragrance of Christ. Yes. Yes. That's what we want to exude. Father, we just thank you. Lord, help us that our lives will exude your flavor. The flavor of the gospel. Yes, the flavor of Christ. Mighty God. The fragrance. Manga libro do suraba. We thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Mighty God, we bless you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just bless the Lord. Let's thank Him for His word this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We glorify you. We glorify you. Thank you for your word, which is Spirit and is life. Thank you for your word, which is spirit and is life. Thank you for Jesus. Jesus. My Lord and my God. Jesus. you Thank you for Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We've come to the end of our service this morning.
0: This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.